We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. As usual, stay tuned to the end of the interview where I'll give you some actionable insights that I learned from my guest. These insights are also in the show notes over at theentrepreneurethos.com. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for the ratings and reviews. Thanks for the emails. Thanks for the retweets. Thanks just for everything. Now, on to my guest for today, Dalton Jensen author of Sales Genius, and host of The Thinking Project. Growing up, Dalton was the kid who was selling candy on the playground. He sold neckties on the street corner as well. And while he was voted most likely to be a con artist, his approach to sales is not about the con, but establishing relationships. In this episode, Dalton and I talk about misconceptions around salespeople and the importance of checking your ego. Dalton's mantra is passion, not pressure. He teaches salespeople to ask questions up front to find out your competition and what reservations the customers may have. He's taken a lot from the book, Never Split the Difference by hostage negotiator, Chris Voss, who recommends always asking questions first to find out as much as you can to establish rapport with the person on the other side of the table and learning what concerns they have. Also key is having a lot of possible leads. Knowing you have potential customers in the pipeline enables you to walk away and handle inevitable rejection. Dalton further points out how asking potential customers if you can ask questions helps ease the friction. And 99 out of 100 times, they'll say yes. Now, let's get better together. Dalton Jensen, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jari. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Man, I'm really thrilled to talk with you. You are the author of Sales Genius. You just dropped that a couple of weeks ago. I picked up a copy of it. Thought it was just so awesome what you're trying to do, helping people with their sales challenges. And you know me, I like talk about it all the time. 
to me, sales is an S word. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely crazy, but I've been learning a lot from you. Uh, we actually met through the power writing class, uh, Sean uh, Purry's class, which was a great, great class. I don't know. I think we mentioned, I don't know if he's doing it anymore, but uh, met a lot of really great people. Yeah. We have our power writing Twitter <laughs> list. <laughs> I try to promote. Yeah, that's of. right, man. <laughs> It's just been really great to get to know you over the last uh, couple of couple of months. But um, before we talk about Sales Genius and all the stuff you're doing along those lines, uh, why mm-hmm. don't you tell everyone how you got to do what you're doing today? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on and uh, thanks for interacting and everything like that. I started in sales. Um, you know, I've always kind of had that the bug of, of selling. And for me, um, you know, entrepreneurial, you know, entrepreneurism, I don't know how you say that word, but that, that idea has always been tied to sales for me because you got to know how to sell, you got to know how to pitch, um, you got to know how to put yourself out there. And so I've been, you know, I was like everybody else as a kid, I'm sure I grew up in the Midwest. I started a lawn care business. Um, my grandpa had a lot of property, so we mowed those. And, um, and I actually, funny enough, um, when I was a kid, I started, I sold ties in the summertime, like neckties and just actually on on the street corner under a pop-up tent. So I've been in sales like my whole life. And you know, what's funny about that is, uh, when I was in high school, you know, cause you mentioned sales is an S word. So when I was in high school, I just sold stuff. I'd get kicked off the playground. Like I would buy boxes of like, so at school you had like a snack bar or whatever uh-huh. you go buy snacks. And I was like, I could do that way cheaper. And so I would go buy a bunch of snacks and sell them on the playground. And then like, they would kick me out of the playground for that. <laughs> and so, and I would just sell stuff in, in high school and I would talk, you know, and I was really good at communicating and things like that. And, f- and I actually won because you mentioned sales is like an S word. I actually got, um, you know, they do those bet like most likely to, or whatever. Yeah. The most likely and, to succeed uh, or whatever. Of, yeah. 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 I got, I got, uh, I got, um, two awards. One of them was like most likely to be a con artist <laughs> in, in high school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's just funny that you mentioned that because that's what people think, right? Yeah. Like they just think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they just yeah. think you're like trying to sell, sell something to somebody who doesn't want it. Right. And right. obviously sales is, is more than that, but I oh. thought it was funny. Like that's, that's kind of like the prevailing thought. So I ended up here selling because I've always wanted to start a business. Uh, I always wanted to write a book and um, I'm really good at sales. And, and I thought to myself, the world needs another sales book. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Of course, so I wrote, I wrote the world another needs another business book, hundred percent for sure. <laughs> Always, right? Of course, of course, exactly. <laughs> so, so that's where I'm at, man. That's where that's how we got here. It's been a wild ride, too. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, I actually, as part of your, um, you know, buying your book, you had a, a training the other day. I think it was a couple weeks ago. We were talking about sales training and like what you do. You you also have a, a virtual assistant business. You actually train people how to become mm-hmm. virtual assistants, how to run their own virtual assistant business, among other things. And what, what I found striking about 
all of the sales training that I do, and I don't do a lot. I, again, I'm <laughs> to me, it's the yeah. S word. I need to not think of it that way anymore. I need to think about it more like your point, helping people. I'm not here to sell you something. I'm here to help you understand what I may have to offer and help you solve a problem, which is mm-hmm. the thing that I've latched onto in my life now. It's like, oh no, just mm-hmm. solving problems, right? Mm-hmm. What what are some of the things that are some of those you know things in culture that are wrong about sales people and the sales process? Because I you know we we talked on before we started recording. You had a mug of coffee on your thing, and I'm like, oh yeah, coffees oh, for yeah. closers, and that's when <laughs> Gary Ross, right? Like the classic, yeah, Alec Baldwin yeah. sit back here. So what are some of the things, the misconceptions? Yeah, there's a lot. Well, there's a lot. Um, I think one of the big misconceptions, um, and one of actually my favorite word tracks, and and I, it might be in the, it's in the book, but it's not like highlighted. And I, and I did that on purpose so that I could like have this conversation, but um, people mistake passion for pressure. And as a salesperson, you have to really understand how to um, make it look like passion instead of pressure. And by the way, I got that. So one of my favorite uh, sales trainers is, so I have a few, but, but that one specifically was from Grant Cardone. And he talks about, um, you know, he talks about having this conversation with a customer and they're like, you know, please don't mistake my passion for pressure because ultimately, and I write about this in the book, ultimately you, your customer doesn't get the full value of what you're doing until they buy something from you. You know what I'm saying? Like they'll get value from your conversation. They'll get value from, you know, learning and and everything like that. But if you want them to really experience what you're doing, they they need to purchase something. And so that's a big misconception is that you have, you know, there's a lot of pressure in sales and the, the art of selling is to (laughs) make the customer feel like they're in control while you're leading them through the process. So that's probably the biggest, that's why people are so, that's why people don't like salespeople. That's why people don't like to, to become salespeople. You know, I know, I know you got a hard stop, but this is just a funny story. I trained my first sales training job was as a car salesman. So I trained car salespeople. (laughs) And I would get yeah like yeah yeah second so, rung of hell like the purgatory. That's right, dude. We're like we're like right up there with lawyers, right? <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? I do. And uh, snake oil salesmen, right? <laughs> so, so I trained car salespeople to so that we didn't, you know what I mean? So that we could do this right and people could have a pleasurable experience buying a car. And one of the first exercises we would do is I would go, hey. Um, you know, I would, I would write car salesman on, on a board and I would say, all right, what comes to your head when you think of car salesman? And they would give me every answer that you, everybody's thinking, listening to this, right? Sleazy, liar, um, whatever, right? Pushy, mean, whatever, whatever, right? And by the way, and this is the funny part of the whole experience was I was like, all right, so that's, that, this is the job that you just signed up for. Yeah. Right. That I just closed you on. And uh, now we got to figure out how to, how do we break those down? Because people think those before they ever meet us. Right. Um, And so that's like, that's the big thing is how do you break those down? So big misconceptions there. 
because another joke that I make is like when people go, you know, salesmen are really pushy. And I go, I go, I totally get it, but I make way more money than those guys. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't have to be pushy to, to, to make a deal. At least here's the thing. At least I have to make it feel like I have to make you feel like you're not getting pushed, which right. is the art. That's yeah. the art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, that's this, the classic in Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, right? I think it's Al Pacino's mm-hmm. character, you know, when, when, and it was funny because, uh, you know, Kevin Spacey's in that movie too. He's like the back end guy. I don't even know what he did. He's like the manager <laughs> of it or something. And, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and Al, Al Pacino, there's a customer that's like having buyer's regret. And Glenn Gary, again, Ross, they yeah. like selling properties or something, right? Or whatever. I don't know. Just, yeah, it's actually a really good movie, but I think it made it gave salespeople <laughs> a bad name for sure. Like it's very much drama. Yeah, um, yeah. But it was this whole Al Pacino's character is trying to navigate this buyer's regret, and Kevin Spacey comes in and completely ruins the deal because it was it was this pressure. It was interesting. It was like, Oh no, we yeah. already solved that. No, that, that we're, we're good to go. And he's like, well, 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 what do you mean? Like, Oh, you didn't, you, you said something, you know, like it was a lie. Like they caught yeah. in a lie. Right. Whereas Al Pacino's yeah, yeah, character yeah. is trying to like, Hey man, we'll work through this. Like we can do, you know, like yeah. it's slimy, but I see your point. You know, it's, yeah, it's this, it's a conversation. It's a relationship. I love the whole don't, yeah. um, what was it? The passion versus pressure. Don't yeah, yeah, don't mistake don't misconstrue my passion, my passion for, pressure. for pressure. Wow. That's yeah. a really good one. And wow. it's a by the way, great, great little line too. Yeah. And it really just eases people out. So uh one of the things that I like to do that I learned from, you know, because when you steal from one person, it's called plagiarism, but if you steal from 10, it's called research, right? <laughs> so <laughs> well, all you know, all great artists steal, right? That's just the yeah, way exactly. <laughs> So, so, so there's a book, really good negotiation book, um, called never split the difference. Oh, Chris Voss. Yeah. Love Chris Voss. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. I took his masterclass, read his book, black swan groups. Great. Yeah. Um, but in the book, he, he talks about an accusation audit Hmm. and, and so, and that's what I do with clients, right? Look, Hey, you know, if I'm going into a, if I'm going into a, a conversation, a sales conversation that I know is going to be dicey, I'm just going to lay it out on, on the table. Like he talks about in that book yeah. um, where look, I get it. You think I'm pushy. You don't like me because I'm a sales guy. You know, you think I'm going to charge you too much. I told, I understand all of that. So knowing, knowing that we both know that, can we just cut through this and, and get right to it and, and don't mistake my passion for pressure. Cause you know, you know, cause, and, and I tell people one of my favorite one of my favorite ways of selling is just telling people like, look, we don't have to do this deal. Like I don't need to sell this to you and you don't need to buy it. If it's a fit, I hope we can do it. And if not, then let's still be friends. I'm sure. So, because I mean, that's, that's where this comes from. Like you have to be able, you have to be willing to, you know, and in in that book and in, and in a few other, you know, examples, if you can't say no to a deal, it's a bad deal. And that goes for both ends. I think so. Agreed. That's why we qualify. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And, 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 you know, Chris Voss's book, the other thing for negotiation, I mean, it's, he was a FBI hostage negotiator, international FBI hot, I mean, (laughs) high pressure stakes, right. Can't really split the difference on a hostage, right? Like, what are you going to do? But the thing that I always loved about, like the thing, the thing that I got from that book was let's put out, what are you concerned about? Like, 
okay, so yeah. what are the concerns here? N- not so much, you know, what you want or whatever, like, what are you worried about? And I just love the yeah. way he put that. It's like, well, what are you worried about? Because yeah. then it's like, he, he in his mind, and, and I think it's valid, it's like what you're trying to do during a negotiation, and I think even during a sales call, and I love your thoughts on this, mm-hmm. is trying to figure out what they, you know, mitigate the worry that the potential customer or hostage terrorist has about, you know, about like, so that they feel better about whatever's going to happen. And it was shocking because when he said, he's like, well, what are you worried about? Then we, then we could work through the, the challenges of that. Or I could say, I think one of the stories he used, he's like, well, I'm worried about you're going to kill me or shoot me or something. He's like, well, like, look, if this goes this way, <laughs> we really can't, you know, I can guarantee that if we keep talking, that's not going to happen. You know, like, it was a funny yeah. way to bring it. So what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. So that's a great question and a great way to, you know, and he brings that up. So I bring up a similar thing when I talk about six questions to ask. So when you're qualifying a customer, um, there are six questions that you have to ask. And, and two of them, you know, at least one of them, uh, excuse me, let me back up. Two of them are counterproductive. It seem counterproductive. The first one I tell you to ask that seems counterproductive is competition, right? So I tell people to ask um, who. So so if we were selling, I'd be like, "Hey, great, Jari. Sounds like everything's going good. Real quick, let me ask, who am I competing with? What other offers do you have on the table?" All right. I and then the second question before I explain why the second question I ask is why won't you buy? So we're at right. Uh, Jari, everything's going great. Um, but let me ask you, what would hold this deal up? What would, you know, what would, you know, what would you have to see? What, what would you need to see in order for you to say no? And I'm going to ask those two questions very similar, you know, and, and, and that question, what are you concerned about might come up in a later stage of the deal. But those two I ask up front. And the reason is because salespeople, we get blindsided. And then we and then we go buy these bullshit two thousand dollar master closer courses, right? So how do you overcome competition? You don't. You got. It's very very hard to overcome competition at the proposal stage of the deal. It's extremely difficult without bashing your competition, which I don't recommend, and no. without undercutting your price, which I also don't recommend. Right. So, and, and, and same thing with like, you know, all right, Jerry, here's a proposal. Everything's lined up, sign here. Right. Well, I saw a few things in the demo. I didn't really like Yeah, That means you didn't do your job as a salesperson. So I like those questions. I, I put them there and, and I put them at the beginning. Hmm. I, you need to ask those in the first, you know, you, you, you meet the customer in the first meeting you have is a qualifying meeting. The next meeting is a demo and the first qualifying meeting, you need to figure that out. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Cause that's counterintuitive. Yeah. Counterintuitive. Yeah. It very, it is. Cause I know. Well, like, I, uh, go ahead. Well, you know, it's especially like competition. Like why, why would I want to bring that up? Why would you want to bring that up? Here's why you want to bring that up because your demo is not about you. And I posted this on Twitter today. Your demo is not about you. It's about them. And if they're, and, and by the way, welcome to sales. If you think <laughs> the, the customer is only looking at your solution, yeah. You're delusional. You know what I'm saying? So why? So then why would I wait till the end to figure that out? I'm going to know up front and I'm going to say, Hey, look what, you know, like I'm going to take cars, for example, because that's a great one. Somebody, I sold Honda 
our biggest competitor was Toyota by far and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So somebody would be like, I'm looking at Honda. I'd be like, great. What else are you looking at? They'd be like Toyota. I'd be like, wow, Jari, this is going to be a tough decision for you. Yeah. You you're, you're going between two amazing cars and they would be, and, and that would shock a customer as, as it should, like they're ready for like, Oh, Toyota's a piece of sh-, or whatever they're going to say. I would always lead with like, wow, this is going to be a really hard decision for you. <laughs> Hopefully I can make it help you. Yeah. Right. Maybe. Yeah. What do you need to know? I, I think it's interesting. It's more of a, yeah. how can I help you make a better decision for you? Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I've been struggling with mightily. I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's <laughs> because, well, because it's, 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 it's the admission of there's a bet. There could be a better alternative to what I have to offer, mm. which yeah, I think is true for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, here, and here's the thing with competition, right? Um, my, one of my favorite lines and it's in the book is where there is no difference, there can be no preference. So I'm not looking for better or worse. Like when I was selling Hondas or when I'm selling software and and there's a million other softwares like it, right? I'm not looking for, I'm not looking for like cloud app is better or Honda is better. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, Hey, this is different. Hmm. This is what's different about a Honda. This is what's different about cloud app, right? Because and here's the here's the part, and I've and I talk about this as well, and I like this, is there's really not a whole lot of difference, you know, with SaaS, with um, retail, with uh, digital marketing, you know, digital marketing. We all offer the same services, pretty pretty much. SEO, yeah. <laughs> SEO PPC. Yeah. I know Facebook, Google, yeah, website, yeah, yeah. web yeah. debt, all that's. I mean, the and there's by the way. There's nothing wrong with that, no. right? But, but so what do you do? Where there is no difference, there can be no preference. So you need to start pointing out little differences. Hey, so now you're looking at Toyota. It's a great car. By the way, I just want to point out that there's some differences that you should be aware of, right? And here, and that, by the way, that's how I pitch. I don't go, Toyota's better than Honda because it's got this. I go, hey, this is a difference that, you know. Interesting. So it really is more of an educational process, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, sorry. Um, I, uh, so I, yeah, I do that. I go, I go, um, it's really, it's really about education. It's really about just talking with them and and slowing, slowing them down and, and just making them feel comfortable. Like, man. And and this is why I, this is why the step one of the sales process prospecting Hmm. because so that you can have enough people in the pipe and not rely on one or two deals. Right. So that you can close better. You'd be like, hey, look, Jari, if you don't buy from me, that's totally fine. We'll still be friends. I got 15 people ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I would love to do business with you and help you, but I don't need to, right. you know, and, and that sounds cocky. And there's a better way of saying that than just how we're saying it on a podcast here. But right, 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 right. No, no, no. I think it's the true, it's the true. And in, in, this is how I've always had to wrap my head around. And, and this is especially for startups and like tech founders and just generally, okay, I'm trying to, you know, create a company, you know, I had to learn this the hard way, but the founders are the first salespeople, right? hundred percent first salespeople are founders. They have to be, if, if the founders can't sell what they're building, it's lost cause. It's absolute loss. <laughs> I mean, it is. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, yeah. and if you are a founder and you can't sell stuff, that doesn't mean that your product's bad. 
you just have to learn how to sell. And if you are, have ever raised any money, you've sold something, you've sold your vision, right? And yeah. it's different. It's interesting because it, because the, the skill set to, to raise money, which is a very tough thing to do. It's like a B2B sales process. It's a nightmare. You get rejected all the time, but for whatever reason, founders <laughs> think that's fine. And, oh yeah, I could do that. But then when it comes to like, okay, I want to scale or sell my product, they usually right. offload that to some sales associate or, oh, we'll just hire a bunch of, I don't know, VAs or whatever to cold call. <laughs> and then have, yeah. like you said, yeah. a closer, like the super closer. And you're like, well, you know, what I've learned the hard way is that in order to hire those salespeople and hire those that, that help, you have to give yeah. them the process and the product to do it. And if you don't know how to sell it as the founder, they're not going to know how to sell it. Yeah, it's going to be real difficult. It's going to be a real challenge because the other thing I found is that, <laughs> and this is going to sound a little bit trite, but like salespeople are lazy in one sense. Like they're not going to reinvent. Yeah. They're not going to come up with the way to do it. That's not their job. Right. Their job is to take what you give them and they may tweak it a little bit, but fundamentally it has to be sellable. Like the product has to be, yeah. you can't just say like throw right. some crap on the wall yeah. And 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 have some some hotshot salesperson do it. It's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't agree more. You know, that's why at the beginning of my book it says it's, this isn't a marketing book. Yeah, like I'm not going to teach. You know, and I'm not going to teach. And there's there's a lot of similarities with marketing and sales, but there's a big difference. Yeah. And, and marketing is is their goal is to, you know, in some form validate a, an idea, right? Because yeah. we can see and, and validate a persona. And yeah. maybe a vertical, yeah. Um, because yeah, and that's why that's why I I don't call what I do like I, I'm not a closer, and I and I put this in here and I put this on Twitter all the time like a master closer is is a master of the sales process because closing isn't if you rely on closing and by the way look I I have the books all right I have every I all the books on closing. I know all the word tracks. You've heard me in a sales conference. Yeah. Like yeah, I can yeah. say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have, yeah, yeah. but here's the deal here. But I, so, so you get a big book, like the closer survival guide. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. It's got like a hundred closes in it. Right. Closes in it. Right. Air yeah, quotes. Yeah, yeah. How do you pick which one to use? You don't, you can't, there's no way. Yes. So what do you do? You have, it has to be at the beginning. You have to know what you're, who you're selling to, why they need to buy it. Um, and, and then, yeah. And then, and then if you hire a sales guy, cause yeah. So look, I, I have, I am part of two, the two laziest professions in the world, right? <laughs> Salespeople. Cause you're right. Right. We just like, we just pick up a phone. Yeah. The second one is an accountant. <laughs> like I'm an accountant and dude, account, uh, they're hard yeah. workers, but we, we, yeah. Yeah. all we do is multiply, you know, we do addition yeah. and subtraction. Right. And, and right. Maybe right multiplication and division, depending on how complicated. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I'm maybe. Like, Maybe like, maybe. and some people are going to get mad at me for saying that, but we don't, but you know, you can, well, but I mean, it's a skill that's like, you know, I mean, I always say that engineers are lazy too. And the reason yeah, is, is just an engineer will want to optimize everything. So they'll never have to do the same thing twice. So if, yeah. if, if a manual task takes two hours, they will spend a day automating it. <laughs> Because yeah, yeah. you never know when I may need to do it again, even though you may never need to do it again, right? But I think what's interesting right. about the 
the sales marketing thing, you mentioned this before about the job of sales and the job of marketing. I always think, you know, and, and my, my philosophy on marketing is always marketing generates the leads so that sales can close them, quote unquote. Do their thing. Yeah. Yeah. They do their thing. But also marketing creates the brand awareness so that on whatever and validates the market that there's something there to sell. I mean, you just can't like create something in a vacuum and hand it to a hotshot salesperson. They're just not going to be successful. Well, yeah. And that's what I'm saying that, you know, that's the point is like, that's why I don't buy into all these closing. That's why I don't really do like closing seminars because, you know, people will go like, what's, how do you negotiate? You know, that's a big one, right? I want to know, I want to learn how to negotiate. Well, I mean, intuitively in his book, uh, Chris Voss's book, he goes through a sales process. He goes through a nego- like a whole process and it starts with figuring out what the heck is going on. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't, you know, he never walked into a situation blindly and started saying and started negotiating it, it you know, he uses, he calls it the late night FM DJ voice. Yeah. 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 Like, hey, I, I, I steal that line all the time. I love that. <laughs> yeah. You, you're talking to Chris now. What's going on? Yeah, exactly. Right? Tell exactly. me, tell me what, tell me what your name is. Tell me what's happening. hundred percent. And that's all we're doing as salespeople. Yeah. So you want to learn how to negotiate. You better learn how to ask good questions. Yeah. Yeah. That you is, know? yeah. It was, it's super interesting because again, that, that Chris's, Chris's book was just so profound for me as well, even though, sure. again, I'm not a sales professional, right? I, I, I do run yeah. my own business, of course, the PR and marketing business that I help try to pe- help, help people tell better stories so that they can sell more. But I found it, I found it fascinating because, you know, it's a flat spot of mine. And I talk about this all the time that as entrepreneurs, we need to get better at being comfortable with the uncomfortableness and uncomfortable feeling of selling quote unquote, what we build, because when we build it, that's only half, that's half the battle. The other half of the battle is selling. I mean, we're in it to sell stuff. (laughs) It is. I mean, I could, you know, and I always say, if it took you two years to build it, it's probably going to take you two years to sell and market it. So just be prepared because the challenge is actually greater. It's, it's a lot easier to build stuff now than it is to actually get people to pay attention to it and actually sell it. Yeah. Yeah. And I tried to take a lot of the friction away. So I wanted to, I wanted to write a, a book that was like frictionless, like here's exactly what you can do and how you do it. And a good framework for taking, for taking away the friction of not wanting, like asking questions is tough, right? Like, because everybody thinks you're in an interrogation, but think about when you go to Best Buy, you can't mm-hmm. leave Best Buy without giving them your email and first and last name. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I'm saying? Even mm-hmm. if it's a fake one, they're like, what's your email? And you put it right in. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how do we, and I think the biggest thing to take the friction away is just earning the right to qualify. Mm-hmm. Um, what did they did that study? They did a, they did a study. I, I can't remember who, but I remember learning about it and they studied cutting in line. Mm-hmm. And when people ran to the front of the line and tried to cut in with no reason, they didn't get in. Right. But then they did another one, right? Remember, they cut the front of the line and they say, because, yeah. hey, I need to, can I get in line because I'm in a hurry? It could be yeah. as simple as because I'm in a hurry. They got in line like 50% more. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so you just, you have to earn the right to ask. And that's what I tell people like it's so, so, 
Hey, hey, Jari, really glad you're interested in my product. I have a few with different price points just to make sure I'm not wasting your time. Hmm. Can I ask you a couple questions? You're going to get a yes, 99, unless the, unless the person is a total douche, which happens maybe one out of a hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> like, or they're like, why am I on this meeting anyway? Or my boss wanted me to take <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and if that's the case that I that, and if that happened when it has happened to me, I go, okay, great. Well, okay, let's uh, let's schedule another time and have your boss on there. Yeah, or I'm not gonna waste right. my agree to disagree or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or and you know what's funny is if customers really want to play the game, sometimes people just like playing the game. I'm not telling you shit, right? <laughs> I go, all right, cool. What they go? What's your best price? I go a million dollars. Let's play. You know what I'm saying? I. I don't know. That's probably mean, but you, but it only happens once at a time and yeah. it only happens I, once in a while. Right. Right. And I, th- I think you're right though. I mean, what I find interesting is that to your point about this, so there's, there's gotta be a respect between the two parties. I think this is what, yeah, yeah I think this is even what, you know, Chris Voss's book said about like, you need to understand each party, like they're coming together to negotiate something for mutual benefit. And the, the whole not splitting the difference is not like is, is digging deeper into the real concerns and challenges. And I think on a sales call, I think it's the same thing. You know, yeah. what I found to be the most successful when I've actually done it right and actually, you know, got people to sign on the dotted <laughs> line, you know, was yeah. I had this attitude of like, well, I'm trying to help you understand and maybe help you understand the problem you're trying to solve. This is how I can help. And I have like, there's been times yeah. where I've been like, you know what, you, you know what, I, I'm not the right person. And I think that's a mutual yeah. respect thing that, that sometimes when it's an asymmetric relationship where, you know, it's, it's like, seems like when you're on a sales call, if it's too closey or too selly selly, it just feels, doesn't feel respectful. It doesn't feel like there's a mutual, I don't know the right word. I don't know. Yeah. If- yeah. 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 I get it though. I get what you're saying. It, it, you want to make the customer feel like, or your client or whoever you're talking to feel like they're winning. Hmm. Um, and that's, and that's going to be super important. Like one of my favorite quotes, um, is I don't have to be right. I just have to get it right. So if you want to feel like you're winning dog, go ahead, because if it's green, it spends in my book. All right. Like, and I don't care how it gets there really. So there's a lot of ego that you have to let go of in sales, which is hard to talk about because sales is really ego driven. And you need some big egos in there. You need some guys and or girls because I've had fantastic women salesmen. Um, so you need some guys or girls in there who can take the bull by the horns and and go. Yeah. Um, but there. But when you're with a customer, you need to check that at, at the door, and you need to just. But how? Okay, so let me go back to this real quick. How do you check your ego at the door as a salesperson? You have a hundred people in the pipe. That's how you do it. You're, you're not. So one of my favorite books, it's not a sales book, but it taught me more about sales than any other book. It's called the subtle art of not giving an F. Yeah. Uh-huh. I read Mark it. Yeah. Manson. Yeah. Great so book. the first chapter in that book is entitled don't try. And it's another counterintuitive approach to this idea that as we let go, it's the paradox of control. As we let go, we gain. And as salespeople, 
how do you let go? You you have so many. I'm not. Listen, you're this deal, however big or small, is not gonna make or break my month. If I lose ten in a row, that might break my month. But then I. But then it's my fault. If you lose ten deals in a row, it's your fault as a salesman. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Or you need to just start. You need to start looking inward, and you need to start looking at your processes and your products. And your yeah. Or yeah. Or something's just not right with the product. Or. It's, but if I yeah. lose. Yeah. But if I lose one deal. I'll be okay. Cause I know I got this right. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> That's it for me. So for, so, so if, if you're a, if you're an entrepreneur startup, you're just starting your company. Yeah. Where, other than having other than buying sales genius, which I highly recommend, it's a really good book. Um, <laughs> what, what, what are some of the things that they should like ask themselves? What, what are some things that they should just know? Like, these are the top three things to just help you along the path. I mean, obviously take some training and do some other things mm-hmm. probably would be good, but, and of course, buy your book, but like, what are some things yeah. that you recommend? I, I recommend getting your mind right. Um, I, re- I recommend practicing some kind of meditation or journaling or something. Cause it gets tough. There's no way around like, as much as salespeople want to say, like, we control the sale, we don't, right? We can't force somebody to buy. You can do everything right and still lose the deal. That's the biggest lesson I think young entrepreneurs need to know right. coming into the future is you can do everything right, everything by the book perfectly and still get a no. And you need to be, and you need to learn how to be resilient enough to get that no 200 plus times. Yeah. You know, start by, you know, a great way to get, and it sucks. Cause like biologically, like neurologically, a no rejection feels like life and death. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's five, it's five to seven times worse than pleasure. Yeah. 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 Well, and like, like our brain is not wired for no. So it's extremely difficult. Yeah. Um, so you got to practice this. You got to, you got to find ways of, you know, uh, one of the things I mentioned in the book is, is a stoic practice called premeditato malorum. And mm. that's the premeditation of evils. And mm. that is, that is, I prepare myself to hear all of these objections. Like mm-hmm. people say like manifest greatness. I actually picture people saying no and giving me every objection in the book. So when I hear it, it's not a surprise to me. Because what do you suppose, you know, Jari, I tell, I say this all the time. What it was, it, what is a customer supposed to do when he meets a six foot bald guy who's 260 pounds? Is he supposed to open up his checkbook? Absolutely not. No, that's what I what always saying? say. No. It's like, yeah, I'm a tall guy with a white, you know, I'm a tall white guy with a beard, six, yeah, six, one, two, 20, right? It's like, I'm a yeah. little scary looking. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, I had to learn how to overcome that, by the way, yeah. like physically, like you can't, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So physical what are they presence. Yeah. It, it yeah. can be scary. Are, you, are they, <laughs> are they supposed to open up their chat? No, absolutely not. They're going <laughs> to say, they're going to say, I got to talk to my wife. They're going to say, I, it's not yeah. the right time. They're going to yeah. say it's too expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all fine. And you know what? Great. I want to get that out as quick as I can. So we can skip through all of the dance and we can get right down to it. So yeah. um, that's what I, that's what I would do. Just, just be ready. Just find a way for you to like prepare yourself to overcome these no's, right? Yeah. It's almost like conditioning. I mean, not in a negative way. Cause I think a lot of people no. think that is like, cause so 
Yeah, that's a really good point. I never thought of it that way. I mean, it's good to manifest, you know, like, oh, greatness or whatever, yeah, but right. also yeah. Yeah. training yourself for the no or training yourself for the objection so that you can almost like practice that. Because like my friend, well, my friend, like my cousin, my cousin, Willie, <laughs> he's a uh, he's a professor at uh, Florida State in sales and marketing. He's yeah. uh, they do this thing over there called uh, like a sales competition every year or every, I don't know, uh-huh. where they practice selling stuff and they win awards and stuff. And it's funny because, you know, he has, he has his own podcast. I don't remember the name of it, but it's funny because like when he talks about, it, I'm like, well, I remember when we were kids, like this would never be what you would do, but you yeah. know, he, he talks about this process as more of a education influence and, you know, objections, but more importantly, I think it's the going through that process in your head gives you the confidence that like, Oh, I've seen this before. Okay. I know how to deal with it. It's kind of like practicing a sport, mm-hmm. right? You just can't go yeah. out and play a sport without practicing and screwing up and like learning. Okay. Well, if I hit yeah. this and that, you know, it's, it's a, it's yeah. a journey. It's or like, watching, yeah. Or watching film or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Wow. You're just watching film. Yeah. Just watching. <laughs> I like that. Just watching film. <laughs> Well, Dalton, cool. man, it's yeah. been great to catch up. Thanks so much for the for the, all the great insights into sales, and like I really appreciate your book. It's uh, available over at Gumroad, and was even cooler <laughs> is that you actually did an audio version of it too, which I right. <laughs> really appreciate because uh, I like to listen to books. I don't read too, but yeah, really appreciate your time. Stay safe, and uh, thanks for uh, being on the show. Absolutely, thank you. Thanks so much, Dalton, for being on the show. Uh, just really always love talking to you and looking at all your tweets and, of course, read your book, Sales Genius, which is a great book. So kudos for you on getting that out. Now, as promised, here are some actionable insights that I learned from my interview with Dalton. Become resilient to inevitable rejections. Dalton uses a stoic technique of imagining possible rejections before the sale to train yourself to be more resilient. Now, this may seem a little bit negative, but like, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? But this whole idea of sort of like practicing and what they do in like operations, which is called a dirt dive, kind of like going through the, the, the process is really important. So you can sort of see and anticipate potential objections so that you can actually answer those objections. So Ask yourself questions like, what are the objections that could come up with when I talk to this potential customer? What should my um, responses be? How can I ask questions in a way that I can get those you know, um, rejections out front quickly? Ask these two important questions up front. Who is my competition and what would prevent you from buying? That's pretty bold <laughs> um, and probably pretty hard to do if, you have, if you're not used to it. Again, I think you can practice this a, lot, a little bit, but again, you don't have to be salesy. I think it's really this process of education and process of kind of getting to know people and building relationships, right? Don't slam the competitor. Instead, focus on educating the customer about differences your product or service offers over others. And I really love this educational piece. I really love the whole idea of like, well, yeah, they're great, but this is how we're great. You know, the differences are really important. So again, ask yourself the questions are, what makes my product offering unique? 
how are my competitors related to me? Again, I, I, I agree. You can't really bash the competition because, I mean, everyone's trying to do the best they can. And some, some honestly, some competition, some of your competitors are going to be better at certain things than you are. And I think if you admit that, you gain a huge amount of credibility, right? Because, you know, I think ultimately, and in, in you'll, you'll see this in a lot of what Dalton talks about, is, you know what? If, if you're talking to a sales potential prospect or potential customer and you're not a fit, admitting you're not a fit helps them a ton. So I'm always of the opinion of, I'm trying to help you figure out a problem. I hope you pick me, but if you don't, here's some things to consider. Super powerful. And I think more of a a service mentality and more of like, let's help you solve a problem. So there you have it. The actionable insights that I learned from my awesome interview with Dalton. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur, and frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA, and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.